Hello and welcome to Ramen Profitable. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I've got my trusty co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott with me. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking those first steps, and overcoming obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. How was, uh, how was your week, man? What's been going on? Well, I told my friend William I would help him with this editing project. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, for a soccer team. And it's, you know how there's in sports, there's those, uh, they have like the player avatars pop up and they're like standing there while they do their stats or whatever. Or they pop up in the corner of the screen. And they're just like standing there with their arms crossed or their hands on their hips. And they're just, you know, they look down at the ground and then look up at the camera. Boom. Boom. Yeah. See, oh, now this would be the perfect time. I could give a couple trial runs. That's that's where uh, this is where the video component could come in handy. Yeah, but, but we don't have video um, today. We don't have video today. Um, I guess. Is it is it like a professional team or like a, a Semi like this isn't just like a, a club team, right? That they're doing this for. It's uh, I guess I could say it's FC Tucson. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's like a, a like a, like a minor league team. team. Yeah. But uh, so they did this whole thing, like they were ready to go off and start playing games. So they had you know a crew come in and take pictures and take uh, action shots and then take this video. So they had all these elements for when the season started. Mm-hmm. They could uh, just send them to ESPN Ocho or whatever is playing these games. And, uh, you know, they could use these elements. Mm-hmm. So we did the shoot. I helped out with the shoot, which was pretty cool. And then uh, COVID hit. And so they kind of... Oh, just, this this happened before. Right. This happened like months ago. Okay. Right. So they uh, kind of just like paused everything. So then uh, things, you know, shut down for a few months and then sports started opening back up again. So they are one of the teams that are, they're one of the first professional teams in America to play a game. And they, they played mm. it, I think yesterday in Florida or today in Florida. I think that's how they're doing it. Huh? Is it, isn't Florida also pretty high risk right now? So we're taking a team out of Arizona, which is a high risk place and we're dropping them in Florida, which is also a high risk place. I don't, don't ask me about, the sports logic here. I know a lot of uh, sports teams committed to Florida early on because, mm. you know, like the NBA has a bubble there and baseball's playing and all that crazy stuff. Huh. Okay. So uh, so for the, for a few months, uh, my friend that was running this, decided, he's like, I don't know if they're ever coming back, so we're not going to edit all this footage and stuff. Oh. So now they're back and it's like, hey, can you do this real quick? And I can't do it real quick. I just found out yesterday. <laughs> so, so what goes in what, by do it real quick? Like, what, what, what does that mean? Like editing these photos? What does that, what does that exactly entail? So this is the, uh, just the video element of it. He's already got the photos oh, done. Okay. So he got mm-hmm. the easy part. But the videos are, they're all about uh, seven to eight minutes long. Oh. And they're all standing in front of a green screen and they're all shot with a 4K camera so it's bigger than HD. Yeah. And it's not done uh in the most pristine manner. <laughs> so to get technical here, it's really grainy footage cuz mm-hmm. it looks like they shot at a higher ISO and the lighting is not the best. I mean, mm. like it would be great if it was a sharper image, but this image isn't sharp for some reason. 
Huh. So I don't know if you can you can't see me right now. No. But you know when you're uh like walk, watching someone on your webcam and you can see like little uh, grainy stuff like they Yeah, like the little pixelation sort of looking Exactly. Stuff. So that's what this footage is, but it's on green screen footage and sometimes every once in a while those little pixels are green. Uh-huh. And it like the 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 light reflections of the room kind of bounces off their uniforms a little bit. Oh. And if there was sharp footage, it would just be easier to fix, but it's not sharp footage. It's this greeny footage. And so getting a clean green screen to come out of it is really difficult. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit more like, as opposed to, I guess if it was sharper footage or something like that, it'd be a little bit easier in terms of like just being able to define like where things start and where things end, but because it's grainier, things are just bleeding into one another like indiscriminately. So that makes it more difficult. What it is, is the grain moves. Mm. So I don't know, like, okay. you know, how there's like that flicker to it. Yeah. It's because of yep. that. It's because of that flicker. It, that's what makes it difficult. Oh, okay. And yeah. so, uh, uh, my buddy William did a test and he like took a little snippet. It was like 10 seconds long and he was almost there. He almost figured it out, but he couldn't, he didn't want to do all 10 of the players cause it's a freaking uh-huh. soccer team. And so, uh, <laughs> So I saw this, like I looked at it, I looked at what he did and I like assessed what, what could be done better and I fixed his clip because he didn't like the way it turned out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that was easy. I can just, you know, bing, bang, boom, the rest of these. It'll take me a day to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's that was a week and a half ago. I haven't finished one. Oh my God. And I realized last night the easiest solution is to put this filter on it. It's called uh, Denoise. Mm-hmm. Or remove grain is what it's called in After Effects, but it takes ten hours to render each clip. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's not even uh, keyed out. The green screen's not even gone yet. That's just to get the grain to stop. That's just to get the graininess to go away, and then you can do the then I could that you... edit right. Um. So you have you have a ten hour buy in just to get yourself to a point where you can start the work. Right, and that's just on one clip. And so there's, uh, you know, I think there's more than ten. I think there's maybe fourteen players, and they have home and away colors. So it's really tw- <laughs> twenty eight clips that I'm working with here, and that's a uh, two hundred eighty hours. That's you know like a month or something like that. I, I was gonna say I I'm I'm not doing the math on this, but I think you'll be done right in time for uh the covid vaccine to come out exactly <laughs> so now i'm at oh my god now i'm at a point where do i want to uh like just do a bad job and get it done or say hey i need two weeks mm, yeah yeah so so basically you have to you have to kind of change the timeline on what you committed to or you could hand in some work that's not necessarily the best but might be passable right Mm, so uh it's uh yeah it's just it's just a weird one i because i asked for this footage months ago when we were finished uh-huh and uh, they were just no uh we're not we don't know if we're gonna use it so we're not, i'm not gonna give it to you yeah 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 so so this problem that you're facing right now if you got the footage you know months ago you would have already figured out what the problem is with it right or at least i would have done maybe like two a week and it would have been done yeah, yeah, you could have paced it out by the time, but now of course they're back. Things are kind of kicking into gear. 
they need that footage processed and it's like, well, you know, we're kind of, so, so I mean, you know, for our, our, our opening segment, always win or learn, I guess, how would you, if, if you could go back in time and change this procedure, I mean, besides the obvious, which is that not, I, I don't know how you don't get graininess in shooting something, presumably a different camera or a different processing or how does that work actually well i was there when they filmed it and it like all the elements were there i think the one thing i didn't look at was the camera settings mm. and so mm-hmm. cameras like new cameras have these has this thing called a native iso and that is uh so iso is something that relates to the sensitivity of the camera sensor uh, in relation okay. to uh light sensitivity mm-hmm. so if there's a lot of light you want to like 100 iso so it process it takes in less light, but if you have no light in the room, you want to bump it up to like sixty four thousand ISO, and that kind of oh to take in as much to take as, in available. as much light as possible, right? Yeah. So I don't know what his uh, ISO setting was, but I think he should have shot at a native ISO because native ISOs on these cameras provide the least amount of grain, like little to no grain. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I would have double checked on the camera, and then two, he used a vintage lens which is great for uh, cinematic qualities, uh, enhancing your image to have it have a more filmic look. But when you're filming a bunch of soccer players in front of a green screen, cheering that they just scored a goal, maybe you want the sharpest lens as opposed to m- the most stylistic lens. Mm, okay, so, so there's a bunch of like design elements that you, or not design elements, but there's a bunch of like technical elements to this that like, maybe maybe like checklisting them or I mean that's kind of an interesting thing though because that's not actually something you were doing you were there while they were filming so it's not exact like did you feel like that was in your jurisdiction or is that someone else's tool someone else's work so it's kind of I don't know that's a that's an interesting kind of way to look at it like I I never know I I never know personally and you know I'm not dealing with ISOs or graininess or whatever it is (laughs) we're talking about but uh, I never know when to give someone advice on doing something that technically isn't my my owner it's not under my jurisdiction you know what i mean is that is that one of those scenarios it's it's it was i was there as a photographer so mm-hmm. so i don't know how i how i looked to the video guy yeah it's like do I, was it was i coming off as just a photographer that th- knows a little bit about video yeah but i was uh you know i was asked to check it out and see if it looked fine and I just looked at all the surface items and I kind of wish mm-hmm. I looked a little bit deeper. Yeah. See, I run, a, I run into that kind of a problem myself where it's, uh, I, well, not exactly the same problem because with you, you are an expert in your field and you, you know, are then bumping into people who are also experts, but maybe have different stylistic choices or maybe don't checklist things the same ways you would and things like that. For me, it's it's kind of that I I run into these issues where I am on the phone with people who are chiefs of police or who have, you know, law. And I'm explaining to them, like, sometimes I have to come to this awkward part of a conversation where it's like they're making an assertion about, you know, the technical side of their uh, what they're deploying or their contract or pricing or anything like that. And I have to explain to them why they're wrong. Uh-huh. And that's that's just so weird to me because it's like, of course, you know, I have to be very deferential. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, whatever. But at the same time, it's like I almost want to shy away from saying like, 
well, no, you're wrong, and here's why. So it's like always this kind of tough balance for me to be able to be deferential and and giving them as much respect as possible. But at the same time, I have to. It's it's my job to to tell you you know why you're wrong and what we're actually doing here or something like that. And it's it's this kind of weird valley. So I can kind of see how that'd be a a delicate sort of space to be in, right? Because you were on that as a photographer, not as the I don't know if you would call it videographer. Do, do, is it still called director of, uh, or I don't know what, what it's called. Uh, on, videographer on. works in this, videographer. in this situation. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, you weren't, you weren't hired on as the videographer or anything like that. So it's not technically under your jurisdiction, but it would be something that, you know, since you're going to be processing the footage and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's something that then like bleeds into your work. So yeah, that's uh that's an interesting predicament you found yourself in. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I got to call William today and be like, "Hey, dude." So I found the solution. I called him yesterday and I said it took eight hours to do it one way, and I was going to try something else, but now it takes ten hours, Ugh. plus whatever happens after the fact. Yeah. But uh, another yeah. aspect of this is when you do green screen work or green screen effects, you know, you know, outside of let's say a movie scenario, because like the whole ending of endgame of avengers endgame that i know you probably haven't seen or maybe you have seen it was all shot uh, on a green screen i can believe that here's my thing i didn't watch endgame because i watched uh what's the other one infinity war yeah i watched infinity war and my god it just went on and on and on it just kept going forever i was so it was such a long movie and it's only because we have to be watching plot lines about what's going on with this person and what's going on with this person and what's going on with this person like thor and the guardians of the galaxy are up in space and then they're doing something like it doesn't matter it didn't matter well so, i think the other end of that is there was uh 20 movies of setup that you didn't watch so of course you were bored throughout that movie. Yeah, I I watched uh, most of what I guess they called was Phase One. Oh, see, that's maybe. so long ago. Yeah, so I watched most of, and not even all of Phase One. That was in like two thousand eight. That was like twelve years ago. Yeah. <sighs> My God. <laughs> well, anyways, the year's going on too fast, and uh, the last. Avengers movie, or maybe not the last one, but the one before that was super boring to me. Right. And, and they're just doing more. And frankly, you know, uh, I, personally I could go for a, just a winter soldier movie and then I'd be good. That's it. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling the fatigue, but the thing with those movies is that it's very, they do, they can do a whole scene like that because they have months to work on it in the editing room. Mm. So on smaller scales on things like this, I'm, rendering out an eight minute long video, but there are maybe six, 10 minute, 10 second clips that he's actually going to use. <laughs> so there's like a minute worth of footage. I'm actually, you know, editing here, Yeah. but it's probably a little bit more than a minute. It's probably like two minutes, uh -huh. but it's, it's, you know, do I just, do I take a day and go through and cut out all that extra junk? So it's not 10 hours of rendering. Now it's just four hours of rendering. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, that seems like the most logical option, right? Right. But it's just more, just a couple more days of work now. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. But this is, that's... but that's, this is the, 
the downfall of a uh, workflow from someone that doesn't work with video footage that often or green screen footage that often. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, oh, just give me everything. Just key it out and give me everything. And then I could put it wherever I want, whenever. And, it, yeah. and it's just like, uh, it's a difficult uh, workflow to work in. Huh. Because it's not quick. It's As you can see, it takes 240 hours. God. Just to do part one. And then part two is probably going to be not that much. Maybe like another day, like 24 hours. And 24 hours total. Or do you mean 24 hours per no, no, total. Segment. Like uh, in addition to like phase two in total will be twenty four hours. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, well, still, I mean, that's a that's a massive buy in. That's a massive buy in. So, man, I uh, hope that works out well, and I hope that they can take the footage a little bit later, or maybe you can pare it down or something like that. That's that sounds uh, that sounds complicated. Yeah. So I just gotta figure that out. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, there was there was some win or learn this year. Have you ever, or not this year, this past week, um, have you ever heard the expression that, you know, like 99% of success is just showing up or whatever? Uh, something like that. I've seen something similar to that. Yeah. So in general, I, uh, I'm, I'm really good at just kind of keeping, uh, keeping myself like focused on my tasks and I'm a little bit of a like independent worker and all this kind of stuff. Like I don't need, I'm what they call a self-starter. You know what I mean? I don't really need direction. I just start going on something and I can anticipate other people's needs pretty well and all that kind of stuff. So I can generally do that, but kind of there's been a, a, a like change in the winds on, you know, what they need for me to do most and, and what would be most valuable out of my role. Uh-huh. So I uh, I just started like this week, I've just been in near constant Zoom meetings, like near constant. And it's not stuff to accomplish my work necessarily or like what my goals and objectives are, but it's really just like helping other people with theirs because some people, some people were hired into, you know, not my team, but like an adjacent team or at least the same department and stuff like that during this whole COVID thing. Uh-huh. So they haven't even been to the office yet. So they're not really acquainted with, you know, some of the more technical sides of what we do, or they're not very acquainted with knowing who to ask for certain things and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of like unofficially fell to me that, uh, that, uh, that, you know, so I was just in zoom meetings basically all this week, helping a bunch of people with a bunch of other stuff. Okay. And, uh, that wasn't really a big deal. It, it kind of, it got frustrating during some days because then I would have to be, you know, on until about seven or seven thirty PM, uh, still working to get my shit done. You know what I mean? So it was, it was a little bit frustrating at times, but then uh, I saw an email that was both a good and a bad thing, right? An email that went around from like my boss's boss to my boss and all that kind of stuff. And on the one hand, it's, it identified, the email said like, oh, you know, uh, Atish is obviously a, a high achiever and he's really helping other people and all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. That's, that's really good, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. But then on the other hand, it said, maybe we should take high achievers such as himself and see what he can be doing 
before the sales side of things to kind of help the speed and accuracy of these deals as they go through our system. That's already what I do. Oh, man. So, so it was kind of like on the one hand, it was, and it was in the same sentence too. That was the thing that like, Ouch. I was so, con- yeah, I was so conflicted and I didn't know how to feel. Cause on the one hand, it's like, oh man, that's so nice. This, this person saying that I'm a high achiever and I'm really getting shit done and I know how to help other people. I'm not just looking after myself and you know, maybe they, maybe that insinuates that they see like some leadership quality and things like that, like all this good stuff. Right. But then it was like, oh man, um, you absolutely don't have any visibility into what I do, do you? <laughs> like, oh, that sucks, yeah. So it's like, on the one hand, I was feeling like so good, but then on the other hand, I was like, man, this this kind of goes back, um, you know, previous listeners of CSS, or, you know, if you haven't yet, go find Creative Vice Strategize and Synergize on, uh, what is it, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, but... There's an episode that we did that I think, man, I want to say it was called Let's Get Loud or Let's... Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. It was something about that. It's something about getting loud or being loud or something like that. So for me, it's like, and I know we've kind of touched on this topic. I think we talked about it a little bit last time, but I think we, I think we were talking about it more in the context of not having to, like, like what you... uh what makes you an expert and what doesn't and how I, I struggle with those ideas. But what we were talking about in the let's get loud episode is kind of more pertinent here, which is that I didn't realize how much you have to be bragging about what you're doing in a sense. And, and bragging is kind of a shitty word, but I don't know the other word to use for it. Um, what's like a good euphemism for bragging? Uh, self-promoting. Self-promoting. There you go. It's, you know, and I think that that's the case. It takes on different forms, but I think that that's the case regardless if you, you know, work for a major company, if you're part of a startup, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're, you know, whatever. You, I, I'm getting the impression that really I need to take self-promotion. And, and I guess in your, in your kind of avenue of the world, that would be like marketing yourself, you know, right. and, or, or things like that. It's like, I'm getting the the impression that no matter where you are, that's always something that you have to be kind of paying attention to because it's it's really true what they say. Like nobody's going to do it for you. That's that's really something that you have to be doing yourself. So I'm I'm really like after I got out of some meetings on Thursday and on Friday, I was like, man, I really need to to be a little bit more bold about about my presence and about you know, like if I'm helping people out and all that kind of stuff, it's like, that's great for the uh, selflessness of it and all that kind of stuff. But I need to do a lot better at self-promotion because right now I'm in the comfortable space of, you know, uh, a publicly traded company, uh, you, you know, and, and I'm valued for what I do, even though maybe higher up the chain, it's not as visible. Uh, but I'm valued for what I do and, and I'm in a comfortable place and all that. But if I were to be an entrepreneur and if I was to, you know, really kind of commit to these ideas that I'm putting together and everything like that, it's not going to be as comfortable. And I'm going to like it's it's sink or swim. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. at, at that point, there isn't just like I don't have somebody else who'd be like, oh, man, Atish was doing a great job this week, you know, or, or Atish has been doing a really great job this this past quarter. Uh, I really think we should, you know, look at him for X, Y, Z. It's like once you're an entrepreneur, that is 
it is all on you. It is exclusively on you. So I think that's something that definitely I, I kind of picked up on this week and that we kind of, because what we were talking about in the Let's Get Loud episode was specifically kind of my competitiveness with another person. Right. And, and how that this person is, brags more. Exactly. Yes. It's more visible. Yes. And, and this is kind of a different scenario where it's not me competing with anyone else. It's me competing with myself. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you uh, reply all to that email? No. <laughs> no, uh, that I was you're like... you be bold. Well, the, the, there's bold and then there's replying all to, you know, the VP and stuff like that. I mean, that's a really bad idea. In is general, it though? I would think. Maybe not. Maybe this is exactly the kind of the kind of thing. But I, I've come up with an area, um, you know, without being specific, because this is obviously something that I can't be. There are like certain areas that I can be specific about, like, you know, the company that I work for and the kind of thing that I do. But then there are certain things that I can't be specific about, such as this, which is that, you know, I've been hearing some rumblings that within my own department, there's certain teams that are not performing as well. Uh-huh. And I have quite a bit of experience with what those teams are doing. So it's like, okay, maybe a good way for me to get loud is to, you know, dedicate some extra time, what would be like an extra project or something like that, to help digging these teams that are performing kind of poorly out of the, out of the mud um, and, and demonstrate some real leadership there, blah, 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 that kind of thing. You know, it's it's just something that I need to be I need to be more conscientious about not just what I'm doing as a sole individual, because, you know, when you want to translate that to starting your own business, whether it's a production company like Elephant Scout or, you know, anything of that ilk, it's like you really have to I, I feel like you have to really drive that yourself and, and hold yourself accountable to that. So I don't know. How, how, do, how do you like? Obviously, you started Elephant Scout, like we were talking about origin stories a little bit last last week and uh, the week before, but it's like, did you have trouble kind of navigating that field? Do you have trouble navigating it now? Now you have a team and uh, you're, you're, uh, I've, been, I've been watching the social media posts, those have been great, and that's like a form of like self-promotion, but I don't know, how, how, do, how have you navigated that? I think for Elephant Scout, it started off as very, uh, uh, coming from a judgmental stance. So I was kind of waiting for other people to do things and then just talking trash about it, which <laughs> uh-huh. isn't good. It's, it's not healthy and it doesn't help anybody. So don't do that. That's just a bunch of, right. that's a time waster that just wastes a bunch I think, of time. I think they call that a uh, armchair quarterbacking, right? Am uh, I probably. using the phrase, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So instead of promoting myself or showing what I was doing, I was kind of just like comparing myself to other people, but not mm-hmm. really putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And so... In recent years, after doing, you know, live events and screenings, it was easier to put yourself out there and not compare yourself to other people, especially with people that are not doing the types of things that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, it's it's become easier. So now it's, well, I've done all these interesting things. How can I apply what I've done in the past to this present time, which is an impossible time to create things and kind of show how, you know, we've been talking about, uh, socially and culturally, you know, arts and representation and diversity. It's like, I've been living this for years now. So how can I put that forward? And so making these silly memes and shareable content is kind of the trend right now. So that's where the social media platform came from. Hmm. And so now we're going to have to start bumping up our 
benefit side that we do because at all our screenings we always gave all the profits to a nonprofit. Yeah. So now we have, now we're going to figure out an online screening situation to where we can share online sales to local businesses in need because it's a tough time right now. No kidding. But it's huh. it's it's definitely more of a. Uh, I, I kind of felt this was kind of what was happening with you in the Let's Get Loud episode. I think it was Let's Get Loud because that's a JLo song. So that sounds like something I would do <laughs> for a title. <laughs> yeah, that's that's classic uh, Chris Scott. <laughs> You're right. So, uh, you know, it was it was it's this constant battle with comparing yourself to someone else and what they're doing and being uh, like reactive to it mm-hmm. as opposed to being uh, active, you know, just being a, a passive observer as opposed to being an, an active contributor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being less concerned about what people are doing or are not doing and more concerned with yourself and the effort that you're putting out and the contributions that you are making. Right, because that person could be doing it loudly so everyone knows it's happening, but it might not be the most efficient or the best way to do a thing. So if you do it your way just as loud and it's better, who's going to look better at the end of the day? Yeah, no, that's that's an extremely fair point. And I think that that's actually the the kind of thing. And, and you know, that's that style of thinking, I feel like manifests itself across, you know, multiple different things, because it's like, it's probably the same thing, like the same thing that we were having a discussion about a little bit last week, and you know, in CSS for probably a couple episodes, uh, it, you know, like my same feeling, which is that, oh, man, I need to get another degree in this, or I need to be an expert in this, or, you know, all that kind of stuff is probably directly related to the fact that then I'm not very loud about, you know, what I'm doing or how I can be a contributor or something like that. It's, it's like one is a function of the other. You Uh know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's 2020, we're in quarantine. It's time to put that shit to bed. Uh, Let me ask you this, uh, since you didn't reply all, which I assumed you did, because you said you were being bold. No. Did, did you do a reply to just the person that uh, drafted that email? No, what I did. So the person who drafted that email is um, relatively new. Oh, so that's that's the element that I didn't I didn't uh, didn't express is that this person is there was a gap that was in our org chart that recently got filled. So this person's maybe two months into the company, maybe not even that much. Uh, but this person came in at a pretty high position, like a VP level. Uh-huh. So what I did instead was uh, instead of, uh, you know, under the guise of, you know, oh, we haven't had the chance to meet yet. And, you know, whatever, I, I scheduled a, a one-on-one. So like just a, a quick half hour, 40 minute, you know, meeting where uh, I just put it under the guise of like, you know, we'll get to know each other. And then uh, I want to see how I can be of better service or how I can help any of your, like what your major goals and objectives are for the rest of this year, for the back half of 2020. And, um, and, and I just want to see how I can be of assistance or wh- what I can do to help specifically. But I'm going to take that time, obviously, because in the introduction or like the, you know, when I, I always agenda set my meetings, it's like, she doesn't know who I am. Right. Uh, or she knows, she knows who I am, but we've never actually met. So I'll just introduce myself and say what I do and what I work on. You know, like, oh, I've been doing this, you know, since I've come back to, to the company. I, I've been doing this and here are the major kind of results. And, you know, here's how last quarter went and yada, yada. So that will give me the time to um, really kind of like get loud in a 
like make myself more visible in a very kind of uh, innocuous sort of way. Like not being like, hey, look at me. This is the work I'm doing. It's great, you know, whatever. Or, hey, I noticed that you don't really know what I'm doing. Because that could also possibly reflect negatively on her. Like you are the VP of this department. And you, right, should you should know. know. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't want to kind of put that emphasis on it. But uh, in this way, it's like I take the 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 burden of that off of this person. And now it's just on myself that I'm like just casually introducing myself and making sure that we're acquainted and stuff while also like informing them on what I do and how well I do it. Great. That was going to be my suggestion to actually do a follow-up email, introducing yourself to this person and yeah. not just sit around and wait for them to find out from someone else. Right. And, and that was sort of the thing because I wasn't supposed to see this email. So you know, it, it wasn't like sent to me or something. It was actually sent to my boss. And I was like, again, you know, very flattered that you think that I'm a high achiever. That's great. But the context in which, you know, you would have to know what I do in order to identify me as a high achiever. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it kind of makes it sound a little hollow if you don't know what I do. Right. So I just want to, you know, kind of clear the air, make sure everything's going, you know, as it should be, and and maybe that kind of exposure will will benefit me down the line because it'll you know identify me as a person who's doing X Y and Z, so that when the results come in from aforementioned X Y and Z, uh, then then it's directly attributable. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So so that was my that was my learn from, for the week. Uh, you know, win nothing crazy. I uh, t- this week was just pretty par for the course nothing nothing that i can uh really point a finger at but you know as as we know sometimes um sometimes the the wins are really subtle and maybe in this case uh this is the real you know by setting that meeting by setting the one-on-one all that kind of stuff maybe that's going to deliver me a big win in the future uh just not you know right now i think i think setting up that meeting is a win so good job atish Mm, yes I, i wish i had a bell to ring or a Something I don't know. We get, should I start plugging some sound effects in here? <laughs> Make it no. like morning radio. No, because once you start, <laughs> you won't stop. That's true. I uh, I will not stop. Uh, and it's it's really sad for the listeners that we don't have a uh, a video component right now because I I don't know how it opened up, but on my video feed I now have a Chris Scott background. So <laughs> it's true. I I wouldn't stop with the with the sound effects. All right. So. Last week, I think we kind of introed this, um, and I and I want to get into this and and kind of hear your thoughts. So I've had this idea for a while now. I think I originally brought it up on CSS, or maybe not. Uh, and maybe this is just something that I I talked to you about in conversation. I really don't remember when this originated. I, but I think you might have brought it up a long time ago, like library days. Oh, the library days. Did maybe. you just say library? Library. <laughs> we'll get into an argument about that later. Um, <laughs> Whatever you say. What do you, what's the word you say? Fonta? No, it's not the word I say. It's the word you say. Eggs? I say egg because it's spelled E G. Rother. Rother is the one I was trying to get to. Not oh, eggs. Rother. I don't want to open yeah. the egg can of worms. Uh, well, I just, uh, I just, uh, anyway, library, <laughs> library, Anyways, library back in the, okay. So this might be really deep in the, uh, it might be a, uh, as the kids call it a, a deep cut in the, in the CSS, uh, 
volumes or, or archives, if you will. Um, but it also might not be. I, I really can't remember the first time I came up with this idea, but it really kind of started. Um, do you ever do you ever have this thing happen to you where an idea doesn't come to you or maybe you haven't completely flushed it out on the first go around? But then because of these other random circumstances in your life, these other happenstances, it kind of takes on more and more validity. Yeah, it like percolates. Percolates. Yeah, exactly. So uh, when this really started kind of getting itself together, I mean, man, it's, it's just kind of a lot of stuff. Like I first, I think I had this idea way back in the uh, library CSS days. And then, um, you know, then, then uh, I read Blue Ocean Strategy. You gave me Blue Ocean Strategy for my birthday, I think. I gave you a book for your birthday for sure. Yeah, I think it was Blue Ocean Strategy. Okay, okay. And I always use the same example. When I, a lot of people know Blue Ocean, but, um, you know, for those that don't, and, you know, when I was explaining this to, like, I don't know, my mom or whoever, I always use the same example, and that's the, uh, it's, it's the Cirque du Soleil example, uh, which is basically that they took something that was already in, uh, in vogue, like, at that time, traveling circuses and carnivals and stuff like that were really popular, in the U.S. and were just a dime a dozen um, and were really cheap because they were so numerous. And, you know, now, obviously, I don't think that that's the case because, uh, frankly, I don't want to get onto any kind of motorized ride that was assembled by a high school dropout. No offense. Uh, you know, of course, there are the, the Zuckerbergs of the world who drop out and do X, Y, Z. But I don't know. I don't want to put myself on a on a roller coaster, you know. Anyways, all that aside. So... Uh, th th these traveling circuses and carnivals were a dime a dozen. So what Cirque du Soleil did was take the same kind of concept and scale it up, really class it up and market it more as art so that this is something different. This is something distinct. And therefore it was the one of its kind. It's the, there were, you know, none before there will be none after it's, it's the one and only, right? So they took something that was, uh, what then is, you know, now is referred to as red ocean, which means that it's oversaturated, there's too many of it, um, and it's it's a hyper-competitive market, and has then moved into um, into a kind of a novel territory so that it so that that way you don't have to be as price competitive and you are attracted like marketing is easier because you are the one and only. So that's kind of the concept behind Blue Ocean. So when we read that and we talked about that on CSS you know, the idea kind of uh, percolated, as, as you said, a little bit more. And then it was really while I was up here in Phoenix, I started uh, listening to this guy's book, uh, this guy, Nick Bear. He has a book called 25 Hours a Day. Okay. Um, and man, it's, it's like th this guy hustles. Like, I, I think I work hard. The, the, as, as the name of the book suggests, it's like he's you know, it's a super quick read. It's not that long. Um, and it really kind of depends if you're into those sorts of books. I, 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 I dug it, but basically it, it's just telling you about a guy who, um, you know, is working his eight hour regular job. He gets off and then he starts what he calls his second eight hour job, which is all about, you know, doing the research about starting his own business and yada, yada. So, so that's that I read that book. And uh, that's really when things started taking off. It was the combination of um, kind of a what's what's called a minimum viable product, which uh, 
was the original name that I suggested for this podcast, the Minimum Viable Podcast, and then it turns out that everybody had that same idea. <laughs> uh, so we went with something else. But it was, it was the combination of Blue Ocean and a Minimum Viable product that really kind of brought this back full circle for me. So what I've been, you know, I've always been interested in uh, health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also very interested in just kind of like, how do I, like my idea um, of how I want to live my life is, uh, you're familiar with uh, Parks and Rec, right? I am familiar with Parks and Rec. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, you know Chris Traeger? I know Chris Traeger. Yeah. The, that's uh, literally guy. Yeah. Literally my favorite person, you know, whatever. I mean, not to that, not to that extreme, but it's like I, in the first episode that he's in, he's like, uh, uh, some doctors theorize that, you know, the first person who will live to be 150 years old already ex- or has already been born. I am that person. You know, whatever. It's like I've always been kind of interested in how do I make my brain work better? How do I make my body work better? How do I make these things uh, like last longer? How can I, you know, maximize my efficiency? All these kinds of things. So that's kind of where I came to. And I've been an avid uh, supplement user. I think we talked on, on the CSS podcast uh, a lot <laughs> about how much money I was <laughs> spending on supplements at that time. Exactly. I've, I've, yeah. I've, so t- I've toned it down. I've toned it down since then. But so what my idea basically is, is I realized that there is no supplement. And I did a fair amount of searching on this. There's not a supplement of the variety of I, that I'm looking into designed specifically for martial arts. Okay. And what I mean is, is that there's supplements are red ocean like crazy. They are oversaturated. And, and here's why. It's because everybody like me read the four hour work week and read what Tim Ferriss was writing about, which is that it's actually not that expensive to get this business off the ground. You, you just need to get this stuff kind of manufactured. You can do so overseas. But then, of course, you risk compliance with a lot of, you know, U.S. restrictions uh, but a lot of these things aren't actually FDA regulated. Um, so, and then you get a design for a label and all this kind of stuff. And you can, it's a relatively inexpensive uh, business to be in. So it's oversaturated as hell right now, especially because I think more people, I mean, this might just be, I might be out of my mind, but I feel like we're a more fitness focused culture now than we were in, say, 1990. Right, and I might be wrong. Well, I don't know. So, I, th- I think it's a different type of fitness. It's more precise and more uh, scientific based, more so than uh, gimmicky like bow flex or yeah, Tybo yeah. You know what? Or Tony Little. Who's Tony Little? Isn't he that guy with the ponytail and that's really buff and is really hyper? Oh, and is is doing the gazelle? Is that what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Is that yeah, Tony yeah. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tony Little. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's an oversaturated market, um, and there are these you know there's these products called uh, pre workouts. I'm I've I'm on day seven or eight now of no caffeine, so I've kicked the headaches and all that kind of stuff. But for listeners who have listened to CSS or anyone who knows me personally, I've been an extreme caffeine user for a long time. I, you know, I used to take these things called pre-workouts and those supplements are a dime a dozen. It's, you know, caffeine, 
It's vitamin B12 that gets you that itchy face and, ah, you know, whatever. It's niacin. It's uh, some kind of vasodilator. You know, it's, it's, it's all the same ingredients, right? But people uh-huh. call it a proprietary blend, and then they slap a new label on it, and they sell it. But what I realized after a long time of use is that for martial arts specifically, pre-workouts actually suck. Uh, they absolutely suck. I hate them because... Let's say I'm going to jujitsu, I'm going to do some grappling, some wrestling. You take a pre, pre-workout, it's like the stimulation is way too much. And you end up getting this, uh, what, what bodybuilders are chasing, what, what uh, I think um, Arnold actually coined the phrase back in Pumping Iron. He called it the pump. You're chasing the pump, right? That, that muscle fullness and that, uh, but that comes at the expense. It's like that happens when you're lifting weights, when you're really maxing out, and now your muscles are burned. They're shot. They're, they're being, the fascia is being torn apart, uh-huh. and you know they become unworkable. They get swollen. That's exactly the opposite of what you want in martial arts. Because you need to be flexible, say, right? Exactly. You need to be bendy. You need to be flexible. And you can't be overexerting yourself. If you get this muscle pump while you're grappling, while you're wrestling or whatever, you're not going to be able to be effective in your movements and you're not going to be able to last an entire round. Or like if you go more rounds, if you continue to spar, even in boxing, your, your shoulders and your arms get all pumped up and now they're heavy. Now you can't, you know, whatever. So... But you do need something that kind of perks you up, gives you energy. So then I went back. I was just drinking coffee before and all that kind of stuff. And not only does that totally make me feel like I have to shit when I'm sparring, but it's like that wasn't really good either. So I also use these supplements called nootropics, which are just cognitive enhancers. Um, they kind of help to, and these come in many forms. A lot of them are, are very natural, um, like lion's mane mushrooms and et cetera, um, and these sorts of things just kind of speed up your cognition, enhance creativity, et cetera. So that's kind of where the idea started to formulate. I was like, okay, it doesn't look like there's any that it, like martial arts are, are growing to be, it's like a very popular workout now. And it's, it's growing to popularity because where all sports are basically canceled right now, although I guess soccer's coming back and I know baseball's coming back, um, MMA hasn't stopped. They right. got an island out in Abu Dhabi, and it's been the only sport that's been airing. People are crazy about it now. And, like, this – I only started boxing when I was about 17, 18. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see people come into the sport now who were kids and started jiu-jitsu or started boxing when they were, like, six or seven. Like, it was right. the first sport that they played because now it's been popular for an, a long enough time. So it's, a, it's an incredibly popular thing, but I realized there's no – supplements specifically designed for martial artists or specifically for jujitsu and things like that. So I realized, what if I created kind of a Frankenstein monster taking the elements of a lot of these products that are out there for bodybuilders and for whatever, but we haven't seen them introduced into what the new sport du jour would be, which is martial arts. Why don't I if I'm not seeing that around, because this is basically how a lot of products or how a lot of, you know, uh, software or whatever starts is, okay, if nobody's making it or if I can make it better, then why don't we do that? Like you, you don't always have to, you know, um, disrupt a, a market. You don't always have to like, oh, you know, we're going to take cabs and make them, you know, completely that. You don't always have to disrupt a market. You can just take something that you know that you can do better and do that. This is the same, and, but and, different. 
Same but different. Exactly. So you don't always have to like invent fire. You can just take the the same concept and and tweak it to make it exactly. And especially if you find yourself in blue ocean, you know, then you're and I've done a fair amount of Googling and I can't find and I see a bunch of people who make their own kind of like stack, so to speak, which is that, you know, oh, I take a little bit of paracetam or something, which is a cognitive enhancer. And then I, you know, do this. Why don't I make it easy for people? And why don't I make the first pre-workout, quote unquote, supplement specifically designed for martial arts in that it's a combination. It's a Frankenstein monster of a bunch of stuff. But basically the two key elements of it is that it's a, a cognitive enhancer for creativity and for kind of making you more alert and stuff like that. Very low stimulant because that's, if any, because that's that's kind of uh, where, where things go off the rails, right, with these kind of products. And then an endurance formula, something that, you know, allows you to keep your cardio going, something that allows your muscles to keep going, but doesn't get you all swollen, doesn't get you all pumped up. Like this will be a product specifically designed for martial artists in mind or for that kind of a sport in mind. Um, and so that's kind of where the idea came from. And as I started doing more searching, I realized there wasn't a product like this at all. And as I was talking to more people, kind of like just at my gyms and stuff, you know, whatever, I realized that there's there's actually kind of a demand. People are like, yeah, I either take a pre-workout and then I feel like shit while I'm doing it or I do nothing and I'm leaving, you know, kind of I'm coming into practice really drained because I'm coming out of work and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not doing my best. So I realized that there was a demand for this. So I bought a bunch of... Um, bulk like i'm i'm in the testing phase because i don't want this to just be a hodgepodge of just a bunch of stuff i want this to be optimized right i want everything to work in concert with one another every ingredient like that's basically how chemistry works is that different ingredients matched together make different results uh-huh so i want this to be like working together very synergistically no waste nothing nothing is in there just because it produces something by itself everything has to work in combination with one another and it has to so i started testing out this out um and by testing this out i mean on myself <laughs> which i get it wrong often sometimes i overdose things a little bit too much and then like i can you know especially with nootropics it's like you're woof like i'm i'm feeling it you know <laughs> <laughs> and and I, luckily I, I have a friend here who also uh, agreed that, you know, he's he's uh, he's into uh, jujitsu and martial arts as well. So, you know, we've kind of been working on that together. But then COVID hit. And now gyms were closed for a long time. They opened up for a second and now they're closed indefinitely on a recurring two week thing. Nobody's doing martial arts right now because it's impossible. I mean, you can practice at your own home and stuff, but it's it's always multiple people and you're always exposing right. yourself and by nature it's a contact sport so it's like now I'm I'm really confused with where I'm at and so I, I kind of just wanted to think a do you think that this has any viability even let's take the COVID out of it does the proposal in the blue ocean that it provides does it sound like something that might have legs does it sound completely kind of baseless maybe some more research or some more work needs to be done in, in just the ideation stage. And then B, you know, you're also dealing with, uh, you know, the, the, the post COVID world or the, or the, you know, current COVID world, you know, and you're kind of navigating a way around that or, or you're doing your best to. 
I mean, how, how did you feel about kind of, I mean, not only trying to formulate a product during that, but one that's specifically impacted by, by COVID? All right. So it sounds like I, I'm not, uh, I don't follow the martial arts world uh, as yeah. closely as some <laughs> people do. Sure. But I know it's a very popular world and people that are really into it really get into it. It's like people that are really into coffee and they like order coffee from parts of from parts of the world and they learn how to roast on their own. So it's, it seems like something that people are very invested in once they're in. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something that they, everyone, it seems like everyone I know that's in it tries to optimize their skills or, you know, learn a new uh, move to kind of get out of a certain situation and like build up this library, library, library of (laughs) tools to use to make them a better martial artist. Right. So knowing that and not really understanding the market or knowing the market that you've researched, it sounds like it would be something valuable to that market and that something that people would like to use. And Mm -hmm. especially coming from someone that has 10 years of experience being a fighter, as well as a a master's in neuroscience, which I didn't write. No, I, I, I got my bachelor's in neuroscience. Yeah. I got my bachelor's in neuroscience and cognitive science, and then I went into biomedical. So you have a master's in biomedical and a degree in cognitive and neuroscience. Yes. So knowing that like you are in a very uh, unique position with two unique set of skills, just like Liam Neeson in Taken, <laughs> to execute this such an idea. So I do think uh, if anybody, you know, if there is any a moment in any time in your life uh, with any idea you've ever had, this is the most qualified you are to do an idea that you've had and execute it. So do it. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about, you know, it's, so, so you're of the opinion that even though the world's kind of taking a break right now, I need to keep my eyes on you know, because it's like, I don't have a formula right now anyways. I have a a bunch of, like, I have a notebook that's full of notes of like how much of this dose and you know, whatever. And, and, and because I'm trying to get everything to work synergistically, it's like, I'm doing everything kind of one step at a time. Uh, but I don't even have a perfected formula yet. You know, I don't have a proprietary blend, anything like that, but you're of the opinion that like, well, I shouldn't stop now, you know, because it's just because the rest of the world has kind of stopped I need to be ready to go once we kind of kick up and get going again. I think that all comes down to how you feel and how you're dealing with the COVID world. Mm -hmm. You know, is it something that you are kind of like, okay with ignoring and kind of just pushing forward with your own ideas? Or is it something you need to process and deal with? Well, it's kind of problematic for me. Uh, Okay. So in general, I. uh, Like as you as a person. Yeah, yeah, totally. So so in general, I've been feeling, you know, sort of just that, man, this really sucks. And especially because I was waiting for July 27th to roll around so gyms would open up again, not necessarily to go back to martial arts, because like I said, that's a pretty that's pretty high risk. You know, you're right next to someone and especially with jujitsu, with grappling, it's like I'm wrestling someone like, of course, that's a bad idea. You uh-huh. know what I mean? But, you know, because I go to the gym at like just to lift or just to run or whatever, I go at 430 in the morning. Nobody's ever there. I'm, I'm like the only person or maybe there's two other people. So it's really easy for me to socially distance. So I was really looking forward to July 27th when gyms were going to open again. And 
just where we're at in Arizona with cases and everything like that, they've extended it by another two weeks. And then in two weeks, they're going to evaluate. And if it's still not great, they're going to push it another two weeks. So that kind of made me falter a little bit because for the most part, I'm just like, yeah, eventually, you know, this steam for like martial arts and for training and all that kind of stuff, that's not going away. The, the sport is really popular because a, because it's one of the few sports that you can actually still watch on TV, you know, nobody's right. doing football right now, you know, whatever. But then also B it's because that has reached a level of popularity pre COVID that like it, it's really a mainstream sport now. Whereas back when I was 17, 18, it just wasn't, you know, that was 10 years ago. Um, and it just wasn't that case. So I was like, so that, that makes me think that things will return to normal but then it really kind of got in my head when, you know, I hear on other podcasts or I hear on other stuff that um, they're like, oh, man, you know, the handshake might never come back. People are going to start just, you know, pounding it or whatever, whatever the phrase is or, you know, whatever. And so that kind of made me think like, oh, shit, is is that ever going to come back? Because if martial arts and that kind of thing doesn't really come back then this doesn't have a blue ocean that i thought it did it really right, doesn't yeah. have you know the 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 space or the area that i thought it did so i and it's just one of those things where you know then the timeline kind of shifts like if we do get a vaccine by the end of this year or by the beginning of next year then it's like at least by the end of 2021 I could think that like, okay, people will be, and, and people are still training, just not in high concentration area, not in uh, high infection rate areas like Arizona, like Texas, uh, Florida, who knows, <laughs> you know, because who right, knows what they're right. doing. So people are still doing it, but it's, it's like, it just, it wouldn't have the same viability as a product. Um, but by the end of 2021, if we, you know, vaccines, and even if not everyone has had a vaccine and, we, and if we haven't reached herd immunity, it'll still have legs. But, like, if I was to imagine we can't go back to really training, you know, nationwide or something until 2025, I mean, that's a problem. Then then this really doesn't have the same vibe. So it all kind of depends on, and that's why the timeline is... Well, it's, it's, not, it's, a, it's not a problem. It's just, uh, just going to take a little bit longer. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And and honestly, like at the moment, I'm not feeling any sort of rush because like I said, I'm still in the phase where I'm, you know, doing R&D. I'm, I'm just doing research and development right now. Right. I, so, I, think, so I, I think that statement I'm, of handshakes never coming back is ridiculous. Oh, really? I, I think so. Yeah, it, I don't know. It just it just really made me nervous. And I forget where I heard that, but that was on a podcast about maybe two weeks or three weeks ago or something like that. I heard that and I was like, shit like what if the new normal doesn't really m make room for this and 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 i think that we talked about that to some effect also because i'd be really bummed out if movie theaters never came back yeah i think a lot of people you know, because, would be yeah it's it's i understand that now with streaming and stuff like that it's easier to do in your own home and all that kind of stuff but I don't know. I, and, and maybe it's vestigial because I grew up going to the movie theater because I, you know, you and I come from a time pre-streaming. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a thing to I, do. It was like the only thing to do sometimes in high school. Yeah. 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 All the time. We, we would just like go to the movies. What are we seeing? I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. Exactly. So it was, it was like a thing to do. And so it, 
it's just like if people say like, oh man, I don't know if movie theaters are going to survive this. I don't know if they're going to come back. I was like, well, shit, that would really bum me out. So I don't know. It's it's uh, so you're still making movies. I'm, you I know, can't. And, I'm not really. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, kind of I'm kind of in like a research and development phases uh, as well as you. I think what's happening right now is it's been what four months since this all kind of hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it first started and we shut it down for the first time for like two months, it's like, oh, two months and we'll be done. Like it seemed like there's an end in sight. But now I think we're all realizing there's like no uh, logistic or like like specific end in sight for this pandemic, which yeah. is uh, frustrating and scary and annoying. And I feel like we're all just going to the, the lowest of lows as we can with this pandemic and just being not being able to do anything that we've always been doing our entire lives. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about maybe, you know, this happened before in 1918, right? With the Spanish flu. Yep. And we bounced back from that. I just think this is something that's going to take a little bit of time to get over. And I think we will get past it. I think this won't be a new normal. I think this is just going to be a slice of life that's going to be tough to get through. And then things will kind of, you know, we might change. We might modify. You know, there's some gross things that we did before. It's like how many people uh, have, you know, like, put their hands all over that butter dispensary at the movie theaters. And how gross is that? You know, you're just like <laughs> dripping this liquid butter all over your popcorn, you know? Isn't it weird that we're just grabbing random plastic lids off a pile of plastic lids? Who knows who other, who else touched those lids? And we're putting them on our cups to just drink out of them. It's like how, yeah, it's true. What's going on there? So it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, I think maybe we're thinking on things that were normal and maybe they were kind of gross and disgusting and maybe we should change those anyway. But I do think gyms and jujitsu and martial arts are going to come back just because it's such a high demand for it. And I feel like no matter what, people are going to figure out a way to make those happen. Yeah. So so maybe uh, maybe a more positive way of looking at this is like, okay, everyone's taking a step back right now or we're all kind of pause. We're processing what's going on and really evaluating, you know, and, and, and while you're evaluating and processing, it includes dipping down to the lowest lows and you know it's like what if this what if the worst thing ever happens happens mm-hmm. yeah, but that's part of processing what's happening but i also think there's ways to slowly step up from the bottom to be like oh well you know maybe we won't go that far maybe we'll just go here or this will figure out we'll figure this part out so it it's not going to be the worst yeah, I mean, to that point, it's like if I think about it like worst case scenario, it's like, yeah, I am spending money on the R&D phase right now. But because I'm only doing things in single or double batches uh, uh-huh. for me and uh, my buddy who's also testing, because I'm doing that, it's like it's not that expensive. You know what I mean? I'm buying stuff in bulk. So uh, and and I'm reusing because I'm I know what ingredients do what generally and all that kind of stuff. Got to love that biochem. Um, but, uh, but I'm, you know, it's like, I'm a worst case scenario. If things don't, you know, snap back. And if I can't, you know, after about two years have a, a little tin that has a label on it and I can't like take it to a gym and be like, Hey, do you guys want to try this out? Whatever. Like all things that, even if I don't hit that phase as fast as I'd want to, like worst case scenario, I've got something that I'm going to use anyways. Right. Right. So, and, and at least I'm, I'm. I'm trying to do something that hasn't been done yet. You know, exactly. The, 
everything's already, everything's out there. You know, you, anyone can, I'm not, I'm not doing anything, you know, it's a concept that, that, uh, anyone could have and all the ingredients already exist. I'm not doing something crazy. I'm just trying to make something perfect for this specific market. Um, but bare minimum, I'm still going to, if, if I discover something like that, or if I create something like that, like either way, I'm going to be super happy that I created it even just for myself. So, you know, maybe this isn't like, even, even in the, in the current COVID state and whatever, maybe there, like there's, there's a glass half empty and a glass half full kind of way to look at it. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I tend to look at things a little bit glass half empty. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I like what you're saying is that, yeah, things might adjust, you know, whatever, but glass half full, we're, we're all going through an adjustment period right now. We're all, you know, well, let's say worst some, case scenario is you don't have a class of eight. You have a class of two. Yeah. You know, or let's say best case scenario, you have a full class of eight as mm -hmm. opposed to just one-on-one -on -one instruction. Yeah. So, so I've, I've, I don't think it's going to go away. I, I, and I also think, you know, worst case scenario, half class, you know, half class, class isn't empty. Glass is not full at all. Glass is fully empty. <laughs> let's say it never comes back. You know, yeah. are, there, are there any other fields that this could benefit? You know, I'm, I'm sure. I, I kind of have a, and of course I'm biased in this opinion, but I kind of think that this is the wave of the future, right? Because nootropics end up having, and this is the neuroscience side of the house, nootropics end up having, if I'm in a, uh, basically if I'm in a state where my barrier to activation is lowered, so my energy levels are better, my working memory is better, my cognition is better, all this kind of stuff, I'm going to be getting more out of each session of anything that I'm doing. So it's like, if this formula proves to be really good and whatever, it's like, I don't see why I wouldn't market it also, you know, I, I specifically want to market it to the martial arts side of the house, but if that's not possible, I'm sure tennis players would want it just as much anyways, because it's like, you are increasing your ability to learn while you are doing something. Right. I mean, that's that's useful in a lot of different ways. Right. There are there are other products that do that for other things. So that's why I specifically targeted the martial arts side of the house, because there's nothing specifically targeted for them, because you're also doing something very like violent and, and you know, whatever. So you kind of need different sides of products or, or different sides of like uh, ingredients. So that's why it was Blue Ocean. But there's no reason to say that, you know, FC Tucson wouldn't want it either. Right. So, so, so uh, that's something else to think about. It's like, like, uh, when, uh, in the middle of this pandemic, I was trying to make a movie. It was, you know, Dirty Harriet. It's this mm -hmm. cop movie. So since then, you know, the pandemic's hit, the defund police things have happened. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I'm at a point where it feels like this movie's impossible to make. So what I did was I just, I just knew I wanted to make a movie. So we made a list of other movies that we could possibly work on. And so we always had something to pivot to. So we never felt like we were just stuck in the back. We could just be like, oh, let me go work on this for a minute. So we always felt like we were moving forward and being and uh, progressing forward as opposed to just being stuck and letting this mm -hmm. kind of hold us back. It was kind of taking this time to, you know, realize that we have to put a pause on something, but let's find something else to, to work on. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I have one great idea, but I need what if what's next? Like we never think about what's next. You know, we always focus on the one great thing that we always stick in our drawer that we've had been that we've been working. It's like the first matrix. It 
took them 10 years to make that movie and then they rushed the sequels and they weren't that great yeah yeah you know so it's so it's like you know maybe take this time to figure out what's next what's what's your sequel to the matrix that's not terrible Mm. so so take this use this pause almost to my benefit not not as a detractor like oh no you know there aren't so many people doing martial arts right now i don't have i don't have a way to generate as much interest as i would in a non-covid world right but moreover like okay this is a good thing because a i've got more time to work on r&d and get my formulation right and then b it gives me a lot more time to specifically think about the nuts and bolts of like the the pivot aspect like you know, okay, what's what's next? What's what what will come after this? Or how do I market this? Or maybe give me time to learn about you know uh, other some success stories in adjacent fields so that I can learn more about how I would do that or how I would market it, all that kind of stuff. Oh, ABP always be pivoting, <laughs> right? But also maybe take some time to plant some new seeds of like new ideas because it's you know you've okay. been thinking about this for how long now? Five, Ten years? Five years? No, uh, since the the library days, that was like two years ago. So you've been thinking about it for two years. And if you think about it, you know, that's two years of just having it in the back of your head, just mulling in the back of your head, Mm -hmm. thinking about how to make it better, like subconsciously or consciously. It's, it's, you know, maybe think of another supplement or another idea. You know what I'm saying? Just so it takes time for things to develop. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, don't don't put all my eggs into one basket and don't be that person who, you know, is completely just uh, like getting tunnel vision, essentially. Like, make sure I'm aware of all the landscapes and make sure I'm aware of all the options that are afforded to myself. Right. Hmm. And that, that's some, a, that kind of that kind of uh, also alleviates some pressure to really like hit the first one out of the park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's some uh, that's some sage wisdom from uh, the great and powerful Chris Scott. Is there uh, anything you uh, want to plug? Anything new? Not not yet. Maybe next week. All right. Yeah. For myself, I mean, I've got nothing. I, I took a long break from social media. I'm going to. Uh, I'm planning my return because I want to start plugging ramen profitable so i uh haven't engaged on that yet but i'm trying to figure out what the best way to do that is it's like do i want to unlike all the other previous times that i've done stuff do i want to create separate social media stuff or do i want to you know whatever or do i just want to launch this as like completely tied to my own quote unquote brand Uh yada yada i'm figuring that part out so nothing to plug except for ramen profitable itself but of course if you're listening to this then needs no plug you're already here but obviously um like comment subscribe uh i I don't know whatever other platforms do double tap heart thumbs up uh lightning bolt i don't know things like that definitely do that and we'll uh we'll catch up with you next week 